This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the American Toffee Podcast January Transfer Special. We are very pleased to welcome on Christian from at Toffee Targets on Twitter. Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to start things off. Why don't you just give us a little bit of your background, um, how you became an Everton fan, and what really prompted you to like start your website and kind of the steps that have gone into that? So believe it or not, I'm actually from the same county in New Jersey as Tim Howard. So I actually became an Everton fan because I was one of his fans. And I didn't get into soccer until like 2010. So he was already at Everton and that was just because of him. That was my team of choice, basically. So that's really the real reason why I'm an Everton fan because of Tim Howard. But in regards to starting the website and Twitter, I always loved the transfer market. Um, I always looked for like transfer news regarding Everton, but I didn't really see a lot on Twitter. So I wanted like to create my own and, and like spread information to other Evertonians that were looking for the same information as me. So that's how that got started. It was about May of 2017. I started the Twitter and this past summer in 2018 is when I launched toffeetargets.com, which is still actually a work in progress right now. But I'm actually proud of it and where it's gotten so far. It has like a lot to go still, but I'm looking forward to where that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, we found you on Twitter and found that you were a super reputable source there, which has actually been super helpful. We have our notes all typed up straight from you. Definitely not alone because Tim Howard is is part of what brought me to Everton as well. The, the American connection, um, it's been said a lot in the last few months, looking at, you know, with the players like Christian Pulisic going to Chelsea, how unfortunate it is that Everton didn't really take as much advantage of Tim Howard as far as marketing in the States as they probably could have. In regard to the transfer stuff, it is hard to, to find these types of rumors because A, there's a lot of just BS that gets spouted a lot of random rumors just thrown out there and it's it can be hard to to gauge the validity of those so it's good to have someone who's looking out trying to find the best rumors and consolidating them all in a really easy space and we've we've really enjoyed the tw- the twitter aspect of this podcast with interacting with people you get that direct fan interaction and there is a really really cool Everton community as like a subset of the twitter community yeah th- that's what i found like pretty interesting so far I really wasn't expecting much when I started the Twitter account, but I've come to realize that like, there is a lot of cool Evertonians on Twitter. They're actually like super nice and you can actually have a good conversation with them about what player would make Everton better and whatnot. I've had a, a genuinely good experience on Twitter. And in regards to like getting sources, I've made only one mistake really by citing The Sun, which is obviously a big no-no for Evertonians. So I did get like a lot of backlash over that. But besides that, I just try to find uh, reliable sources all throughout Twitter. 
And I also like to credit where I get it from. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm in the know or anything like that. I do not have any connections within Everton. I am just finding rumors that are on Twitter and in papers and just sharing it to other Evertonians. And that's my goal. I have nothing to hide in regards to that. But I just want every Evertonian to know, hey, we're linked with this person. I don't know if it's true or how factual it is, but it's still something to note. Yeah, it's really cool and you do it well. I have a a question for you in terms of the fact that, you know, you talked about how hard it was to find transfer rumors kind of, well, in general, but in one place, right, in which you are able to consolidate it. Did you have a hard time or do you have a hard time talking to American Evertonians? Like I personally didn't have any friends or know anyone in real life. I guess, in quotes, that were Everton fans that I could talk to. And that was kind of the main driver behind starting the podcast. Was that the same for you? Yeah, I would actually say that's the same thing. I do know like a lot of soccer fans, Premier League fans in person in general, um, but they're not Everton fans. They're usually in Manchester United, Liverpool and Arsenal, of course. It's going to be like those main big brands that everybody is a fan of in the U.S. So I really didn't have anybody to talk to about Everton. It was more about people bashing Everton and saying that how our club is like garbage. So I so Twitter, I went to Twitter to actually connect with more Evertonians and to actually feel like a, a family kind of in a sense, something that I was missing that I wasn't getting in real life. So yes, I can relate to you. Cool. And I think that your Twitter account and your website also really help American fans online because for us, it's even harder to find these sources because they're not, they're not sources from the United States for the most part, right? A lot of them are in Europe. They're in South America. We've seen a lot recently, especially since Marcel Brands has come in. And so where maybe some of our English friends may be privy to those sources a little easier than American fans, I think that you're a huge asset. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I do agree with that as well. Americans really don't have or they don't even like attempt to research any of the transfer rumors regarding their target regarding their club's targets. For the most part, they go on NBCSports.com and that's where they get their information from. And it's always going to be the top six clubs. It's rarely going to focus on Everton. So I, I did try to make that a priority to spread more of that information so I tried to bring that into one place and make it easier for them to understand like, hey, there's more sources out there besides ESPN and NBC Sports. That's a really, really good point. It's so true because like you said, ESPN, NBC Sports, those platforms, the, the coverage of anyone that's not a top six club is is really abysmal. Like You can't even find any kind of long form article written about any of those types of clubs. ESPN used to do some coverage, but it seems to be kind of fallen off a cliff as of late. And so I think there's a real there's a real need for American-centric coverage of the Premier League, especially clubs that aren't those huge brands. And in general, if you're an American fan and you're just getting into the Premier League and you're just trying to figure out what club you want, you should have options because I think that's one of the great things about soccer is that even if you're not rooting for a top team, there is there's something to fight for. Whereas if you're a fan of, say, you know, the Cleveland Browns, your best chance is to get maybe get into the playoffs, but there's no realistic goal to root for. So it can be 
intimidating to kind of learn the differences between American sports and soccer. Very, very different sport. You've got all these different competitions going on and all these types of things. So it's good to have an accessible point of entry for fans, for sure. We are eight days into the transfer market, and we've seen two outgoings already. We've seen Kieran Dowell go to Sheffield United on loan for the rest of the season, and then we've seen Mason Holgate go to West Bromwich Albion for the rest of the season on loan. What do y'all think about that? So in regards to Kieran Dowell, I was kind of sad at first that he got loaned out just because of how the summer went. It seemed like he was going to be in the first team a little bit more, and he just hasn't gotten those minutes yet. I still do rate him as a player. I think he does have a lot to offer Everton moving forward, but I do think that this was the right move currently for Dowell to go out on loan and get some minutes for the rest of the season and hopefully come back into um, the summer more confident as a player and hopefully next year will be his year to break into the first team. As Everton fans, you always want the academy players to come through. We had... Most notably in recent years, of course, Wayne Rooney, but then Ross Barkley, who was my favorite player for quite a long time. So you can imagine my devastation when things turned out the way they did at the end of his contract. But yeah, it is hard for players to break into a team that's mid to upper mid table like Everton. There's, It seems like we always loan our players to the championship and then they're expected to make the leap from the championship to the level of Everton. And it can be kind of a hard, of course, a hard transition for them. But the championship is still a very good standard of, of soccer. And so I agree with you, Christian. I think if he can get consistent minutes and break into the team, Sheffield United are having a good season. Um, so the hope is, again, that, that his development continues and that we don't stagnate You know, the growth of our young players. We still allow them to continue to develop. And I think that's one of the strong things you know, strongest things that Marcel Brands has brought to the club. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with both of you completely. Not much more to say on Kieran Dowell other than he needs minutes. He wasn't able to find a spot in the squad, along with a lot of other players that might be even more surprising, kind of like Jaggy Elka, for example, hasn't been getting a spot on the bench even. John Joe Kenny has been left out of the squad until he just got recalled because Seamus Coleman's been in such bad form. Now, Holgate going to West Bromwich Albion, I was pretty excited, but it seems, from what I've seen at least, West Brom fans think that their two starting center backs have it pretty much on lock, and so he's going to have to try really hard to push into one of those two starting spots. So, at first, I wasn't a fan of Holgate going to West Brom as well. I thought that he wasn't going to get a spot, but come come to think of it, uh, he actually did start the other day, I believe, for West Brom, but it was at right back. So I think he is going to get minutes there at West Brom. It's just going to be at right back. And I'm not sure how that is for his career development. I think he is going to be a center back for the future. And I know he needs minutes, so I guess like for the time being, it's best that he just gets minutes. But I am happy, actually, that he is at West Brom. It is a club in the championship that more than likely is going to get promoted. So I think it, it will be good for him there. Yeah, I agree with both of you. It's interesting Everton's insistence on 
always loaning players seemingly within England. And then we had last year, Adam Lookman kind of be the outlier. Everton wanted him to go to on loan to Derby County. And he said, absolutely not. That's not my thing. I don't want to go back down. And he'd elected for a move to Germany. It seems like Everton feel that maybe the championship is a more appropriate style and standard for the players to develop to get ready for the Premier League than maybe elsewhere in Europe where it's not quite as physical. Because I know that's one of the main, no pun intended, strengths of the championship is the physicality of the league. To go along with that, I also feel like Lookman was a different quality compared to Dowell and Holdgate. Lookman was, I personally think, would be too good for the championship. I know if he went there, he would get a ton of confidence, but I do think he actually made the right decision in going to the Bundesliga and with Leipzig, and that actually propelled his career even further. So I also, I, I just think it depends on like the player that you're going to be sending out. I don't think Holgate or Dowell would be as good in the Bundesliga as they would be going to the championship per se. Let's move on to areas of need, which will wrap into some pretty spicy transfer rumors. So James, how do you feel about Everton's current system with with the players that we have, how we're performing You know, in this run of form? I'll, I'll elect not to give a descriptor, just run of form. Where do you think our areas of need are for January? I'm not convinced that there's any area of red, you know, alarm sounding were desperate need. I think there's, of course, areas that we would like to strengthen, but it goes back to the expectations that we've set. It's unlikely, but still possible that we could get into the Europa League. We have a very good chance in the FA Cup, especially after the draw the other day. And so I would say it would come as no surprise to any Evertonian that striker position has been a gaping hole in our lineup since Romelu Lukaku left. And we've yet to fill it. We've kind of tried to patch over it. We've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin who can get minutes. Richarlison playing out of position up there. And then, so I would say striker would be up there. And then the right side. Personally, I think we need a right-sided forward more than we need a right back, but both of those areas are areas we need to strengthen. And then also uh, midfield depth, probably. I don't know. Christian, what do you think are the, the key areas? The key areas for me are actually going to be right mid slash right wing. I think that's going to be number one priority for Everton as as it should be. Um, we all know Theo Wilcott is not doing it currently up front. He, he was good last year, like in January when we first bought him. Uh, but this season, he has produced nothing, absolutely nothing. And then on top of that, we really don't have someone behind him that could could replace him. All the other options that we have, Lookman, Bernard, they prefer to be on the left. And we need somebody on the right, honestly. Um, so that would be my number one choice to strengthen. Number two would be right back. Coleman has been great for Everton. He's going to be he's going to go down as an Everton legend, but ever since that leg break last year, he's just not been the same. And I'm not 100% sold on Kenny just yet. He has time, he he does have time still, but I think we do need a little bit more recruitment in there. And I know everybody is obsessed with the um right back from Crystal Palace. I don't think he's in our in our line of sights honestly. I think he's going to cost too much and he's going to go to probably a top 6 club. And then after that, I would say striker. But I think a striker is going to come in the summertime. It's hard to have a huge differing opinion, especially if you are on, we'll call it Everton Twitter or the Everton subreddit. 
I think that striker is needed, but I don't think that it would be very wise to sign one in January unless we find a good deal, which Marcel Brands has stated many times that he doesn't overpay for players. And on top of that, he mentioned, I believe today, that January is not going to be a huge deal for us. And then the right-hand side, Theo Walcott hasn't really produced much. Midfield depth could be cool. Depends on kind of maybe if we can get a younger player in there in the defensive midfield role that we can start kind of weaning Ghana off some minutes because of the amount of games we've had or some links that we'll kind of allude to a little bit later. Why don't we start off with some transfer links in terms of the striker position, James? Yeah, so we have three strikers that we've been tentatively linked to linked at various degrees with uh christian why don't you tell us a little bit about yasin brahimi so we've been linked with him probably almost a year and a half now I, we were linked with him when ronald kuman was still managing everton he plays more on the left wing than a, actually a central striker he currently plays at porto and his, we can actually sign him on a pre-contract right now his contract is going to expire in the summer i think he's like 28 or 29 years old right now He's he's in his upper 20s. I personally don't think that he's a good signing for Everton and, or even a Marcel's brand type of signing. He's going to cost a lot in wages and he is very he's a very mixed bag of potential or player basically. You don't know what you're going to get on what match with him. Uh he's not consistent enough and honestly, I think that we're just being connected with him so he can get a better payday elsewhere. I don't see any way we sign him. I would actually on a scale of 1 to 10, probably like a 1. That's interesting. Funnily enough, I was trying to look up his age because like you were saying how inconsistent he is. He's also older and believe it or not, today is his 29th birthday. So happy birthday to Yasin <laughs> Brahimi. I'd have to agree with you. I never liked the link to him in general, regardless of what era you wanted to call Everton at that point in time. And I still don't really like it too much. What about uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin? If that's how you, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it with the pronunciations, but um, he plays for Leipzig. He moved there. He moved to Leipzig in the summer from PSG. Um, He has a lot of potential. I don't see him moving to Everton at all. Honestly, I think we have a better chance of getting his teammate, Timo Warner, over him. I I think Augustine is the replacement for uh, Warner. Uh, Warner basically said that he's not going to sign a contract extension with Leipzig. So more than likely, he could be on his way out at Leipzig. I don't think they're going to sell Augustine. But he is a fantastic player. And if I was Everton, I would at least inquire about him. I think he has the potential to be uh, top class, honestly. I'd have to agree with you in terms of potential. I've watched quite a few videos of this guy, and I've seen Leipzig play once or twice. He's got pace for days. I think he's a little bit stronger than he comes off to be in terms of his size, but his dribbling is fantastic, like his ball control. He's He's a very technical player. And as you said, he's young. I believe he's... 21 22 so that would be a marcel brand signing but again i'm not sure that it's very realistic james what do you think yeah i thought it was interesting you know picking from the list of players that you sent us over i i don't know if timo Werner is is a realistic target for us i'd imagine that most that's the tough thing with the striker right everyone wants one and there aren't very many out there to get it seems like 
I'm sure that we could make him a very competitive offer. But if he's leaving Leipzig, I'm not totally confident that we could get him in. But I do have complete faith in Marcel Brands that if that is the type of player we're looking for, that he has the know-how to get that deal done. And then the last of our striker topics of discussion is Callum Wilson of Bournemouth. Christian, give us the lowdown on him. Okay, so I would actually stay away for stay as far away from him as possible. That's just my personal opinion. He's a he's an okay striker. He does give you a lot of goals. He is pretty strong up front, but I, he's not the type of striker that's going to elevate Everton. He's not world class. He has he's playing on two rebuilt knees. I think we could, we can spend our money elsewhere. I've recently seen a rumor going around that uh, Chelsea of all teams were actually interested in him, and Bournemouth won't sell anything won't sell him for anything less than forty million pounds. It's quite ridiculous for like a player of his quality. Don't get me wrong; he's a good player, but I just Everton need to be aiming a little bit higher than him. Before we wrap up the striker talk then, Christian, I know you mentioned Timo Werner would be a good pick in your mind, but other than Timo Werner, who have you seen rumored at the striker position that you think would elevate Everton then? Before the news today, I would actually say Gabigol, uh, the striker that's currently on loan in Brazil from Inter. He's very young and he does have like very good quality. He's a great finisher. But from reports I was reading today, he's going to be loaned to another Brazilian team and he's having trouble getting a work permit in England. He was linked with West Ham as well. So that one's a shame. Another striker that I would like to take would be, he's a little bit older, so I don't think he's realistic for Everton, but it would be Marko Inalkovic. I do think he is pretty strong up front. He is good quality. I was actually a little bit devastated that he went to West Ham over Everton. I think he is the type of person that we need playing up front. And then the last option, if his loan gets canceled, would be Michi Bacuyahi from Chelsea. I think he would be perfect for us, honestly. I think, look what he did at Dortmund at the end of last season for them. He was clutch, struggling right now at Valencia, but I think he still is young enough and he has a lot of potential and a lot to offer. And I think he would fit us perfectly. The Bashuai one is is really interesting because, yeah, like you said, a really strong prospect. The only issue with that obviously being that he is a Chelsea player. And so in order to get him on loan, we could either sign him on a permanent deal or we could sign Kurt Zuma on a permanent deal and take him on loan. I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him immediately on a full deal. I think he's too unproven in the Premier League to take that kind of risk. Moving on to the right wing or the wingers in general. And this isn't the first one we're going to talk about is generating a lot of buzz. That would be Malcolm of Barcelona. We were, of course, linked with him this summer before Barcelona swooped in. Yeah. So as you stated already, we were interested in signing him in the summer. At one point, it looked like we were very close to signing him, but Roma came in with the last-minute bid, and he was on his way to Roma. And then Barcelona came in at the last minute and took him as well. But while he was in Bordeaux in France in Liga 1, he was a fantastic player. Um, I think he would be perfect at Everton. Just imagine a front three of Bernard, Richarlison, and Malcolm a Brazilian front three at Everton. That is insane and crazy to think about. Realistically, I do think we have a strong chance of signing him, either alone or permanently. We do have a very good relationship with Barcelona now. Um, It just all depends upon signing 
Andre Gomez permanently, which I do think will happen. I just don't know if it's going to be in January or the summer. I do think Malcolm would be more of a summer signing instead of a January. He already stated that he prefers to stay at Barcelona until this summer. So the rule that you're alluding to, right, is the fact that you can only have one player on loan from a specific club. Since Gomez is on loan already, we can't sign a loan player from Barcelona. Now, in terms of Malcolm being at Barcelona only essentially six months, he hasn't gotten very much game time at all. And I really don't see Barcelona shipping him off this quickly. I haven't personally checked to see if For example, he's making the bench like the 18 or not, but I know he's not getting very many starts. In terms of Gomez, I really, really don't think with such a conservative approach that Everton are taking recently, specifically through Marcel Brands, that they're going to pull the trigger and sign him permanently in January because if he's enjoying himself as much as he seems to be and as much as he keeps saying he is, then we're not going to be beaten by many other clubs in the summer if we wait. And it would be smarter for us to essentially ride it out, help let him contribute for longer than the two months that he's been able to after his injury, and then see from there. I think what you said is pretty much 100%. Um, I do want to say this, though. Gary Mina was only with Barcelona for a half a season, and look where he is now. So it is possible that Malcolm could be just the same. When you go to a club like Barcelona, it's pretty apparent in a short period of time, whether you're going to fit in or not. I, for one, am totally comfortable with us taking Barcelona cast-offs for the long fu- long-term future. If we can build, continue to, to develop that kind of strong relationship with them, that can be an amazing pipeline for us to get players that aren't quite up to the standard of Barcelona are more than welcome at Everton, in my opinion. It's better than Liverpool signing Southampton's best players, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So let's move on to Andrija Zivkovic, who I believe has been linked somewhat, you know, the more reputable sources have have been murmuring about this. This was a, about a month and a half ago, I think, Alex, and I spoke about it. Tell us a little bit about him. So uh, Zivkovic is actually a pretty good player. He is relatively young still. He's only 22. He doesn't get a lot of starts uh, over for Benfica. He's only made five starts and he came off the bench and made six appearances he hasn't really registered any goals he's more of a creative type of player which is something that we're missing so i think he would be a good fit at everton so far in this campaign he's registered six assists coming off the bench which i think is pretty good um he mostly plays on the right side and i think that's another area where we need so i actually think he would be a perfect signing for us and he fits in the marcel's brand mold uh he's very young creative i don't think he's going to cost too much i would i would think he would cost under 20 million pounds i think it would be great business because you could sell him on afterwards as well so i think he would be a very good realistic signing for everton so i agree he's actually he's a small guy but he's pacey He's creative, as you said, essentially a player exactly like Bernard. But the alarming piece is the fact that he really doesn't score goals. And unfortunately for Everton, that's our biggest issue. We're not scoring enough goals. But we're also lacking that creative aspect. I feel like Gilfrey Sigurdsson, like just because he's cost a lot of money for us, I'm not 100% sold on him. And I feel almost misled. I thought he was going to be a lot more creative for us than what he's actually producing. And don't get me wrong, he's a great player. I just think that Everton needs a bit more of creativity in their side. And I think uh, Viskovic would be a good player that adds that. And then in the summer, that's when we can get 
a striker to that we can feed that Viscovich can feed balls to. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Gilfie Sigurdsson because he's kind of one of the few players of the Steve Walsh, Ronald Koeman regime that have really stuck out. We've had Adrisa Gay was there as well. That era of Everton, Everton history is going to be looked back upon with not much fondness. I think the general business that we conducted in that period was atrocious. You can look at the contracts of Yannick Bellassi, prime example, although he was unfortunate with the injury. Um, just really bad business, Davy Klassen, all those signings that we made last summer that didn't pan out. And now we're taking huge losses. It's clear that Marcel Brands wants to take a completely different approach, which is buy low, sell high. Not quite to the level of PSV, where they would take players from relative anonymity and then sort of build them up to be able to play in some of the top sides in Europe. But make Everton assert themselves in the market. We have the money now, so we can afford to make these signings. But my point overall with that was that we we probably overpaid for Sigurdsson. So I think that that kind of made the expectations a little unreasonably high for him. I'd agree with that. We overpaid. I think he's producing the goods. I mean, he's fluctuating, but so is the team as a whole, which in my opinion, you have to really look at the team's form in general. He has, I want to say, six or seven goals in the Premier League this season, which is pretty good for midfield, in my opinion. But I do not argue that more chances can always be created. Bernard and Sigurdsson have been doing a pretty good job, but you need more than just two players on the pitch creating solid chances for you consistently. So let's move on to some of our midfield targets. Christian, who's your number one midfield target for Everton this transfer window? So my number one target would be Decore. I think he is like the perfect midfielder that Marco Silva's uh, playing style fits perfectly. He is dominant. He's strong. He can play a pass. However, he is linked with PSG, and there were reports that I've seen that his heart is set on PSG. I don't think he's that realistic. So besides that, I know we've been linked with a Colombian, Wilmer Barrios. I think he's actually a pretty good, solid addition to our team. He might not be as great at passing, but he is very good, solid defensively. And I think he would be a perfect replacement for Ghana, actually. Um, So I would be interested in seeing if those rumors are true that we're close to a deal for him. I think he would be a great addition. Besides that, another player that I would be interested in would be Andreas Pereira of Manchester United. I think he's a good, solid midfielder who does not get a lot of playing time at Manchester United. And I feel like he's very underappreciated there. I think he would be a perfect midfielder who is who can go back on a ball. He can spray a pass out anywhere across the field. I think he would be a great addition next to Andres Gomez. That's a pretty interesting point. Ducore has grown on me. I think he's a good player. I, I'm not sure about the PSG links. In terms of Pereira, he's more of a creative type. And I think paired with... Gomez would be extremely dangerous because of the fact that we wouldn't have anyone defensive minded in the middle of the pitch. And unfortunately, we aren't lethal enough to be able to play three creative types like maybe Manchester United can at some time at some points or someone like Tottenham could. Yeah, I think the Ducore thing is is probably, I mean, the links were there because, of course, Marco Silva brought him to England at Wofford with PSG sniffing around both him and one of our players who we'll talk about shortly. I, I don't th- I don't really see that coming off, but the Wilmar Barrios links that have come out lately, he seems like a really good player. And like you said, Christian, the passing is a concern. I think he has like a, it's like a 68% 
pass completion rate this season so far, and he hasn't played a ton of games. From playing in the World Cup, he does seem like the kind of yard dog scrappy player that could really bring a similar type of awareness and positioning that Adrisa Gay does. <clears throat> that actually segues nicely into talking about potential players that might leave this January. The first and foremost being Adrisa Gay. Christian, your thoughts on those links to PSG? As much as I want to believe them, I don't think they're true, actually. Ghana is a great player for us. Don't get me wrong. But he is 29 years old. And from a business standpoint, if PSG is going to offer you 35 million pounds, you're going to take it. And you're going to reinvest that money into in, back into the squad. Lately, Ghana's hasn't really been impressing me while watching him. His passing, seem, to me, it seems like it's getting worse. Like, I don't really understand what he's doing when he passes. It looks like he's, like, clueless almost. I don't think he's going anywhere in January. I don't think PSG is going to pay that much money for him. Would I, would I be sad to see Ghana go? Yeah, I would. But from a business standpoint, I would sell him in a heartbeat. Right. And the other thing is, in my opinion, Ghana has been nothing but a fantastic professional and teammate while at Everton. He's a good player. And if someone like PSG comes knocking, he deserves to go get a big payday before his career is over. And furthermore, at 29 years old, as you said, he's probably going to see this as his last chance to go play Champions League football as well. I'm not as harsh, maybe not as harsh. I think we know what he brings to the side and and unfortunately that's a pretty one-dimensional you know one-dimensional player in that when we don't have the ball he's probably one of our best players and when we do have the ball he's probably one of our worst players the range of passing he's shown we just know that he doesn't have that in his locker in any way he's never going to be one to even even like play a crossfield pass like from to one of our outside backs like he can't even do that much less look to play the ball creatively forward so if PSG are coming in and looking for someone to shore up their midfield, I'm with you that I think Decore is probably their higher target and maybe they're sniffing around if they can't get him um, for whatever reason, whether that be what Waffer's asking for or something else. Like you said, it, if it's smart business, you have to let him go. At 29, his value is never going to be higher. We bought him for $7 million when Aston Villa were relegated. He's done wonderful things for us and made us a better team for much of his time here, but the long-term future is not there. And just based on the strategy that we've displayed so far, it seems like it'd be a smart move. Two other players who have struggled to get on the field for Everton this season, but may have better fortunes elsewhere. The first of those being Umar Nias, an Everton cult hero without question due to his outrageous ability to score goals in the most unexpected fashion at the most unexpected time. That being said, probably one of the worst technical strikers I've ever seen play for Everton. I, for one, am okay with seeing him go. If we can get five or six million for him, I think you snap anybody's hands off that that's willing to pay that. Christian, your thoughts? Omar Nias, like like you said, he's very unorthodox and awkward, I think is the best word to describe him playing. And he does make a goal out of nothing sometimes. I do feel bad for him, like how he was treated here in the beginning of the club in the beginning of his history at the club. Um he is another one that's been a professional since he's been here. So 
if he does leave in January, I think it's going to be on good terms. And there are actually some clubs that are interested in him. Um, Cardiff City and also Crystal Palace have been linked with him. From reports that I've seen, Everton wants $7 million for him, which I think is actually a pretty fair deal. With the going rate, with the inflation in the market nowadays, I think Everton can get $7 million out of Nias, and I think it would be good business as well. I actually thought he was going to get more minutes when Marco Silva was announced as manager, but that hasn't been the case. So I actually think he will move on in January. That's fair to say, and I'll be sad to see him go if I'm going to be completely honest. It's funny, my girlfriend, Allie, has watched quite a few Everton games with me. She's depends on if she stays over or whatever else. But her favorite player, I'm not going to lie to you, is Umar Nias. And that is with conviction. When she first started watching, her favorite player was Umar Nias, and she hated Wayne Rooney. And you could not imagine how hard it was trying to explain to her how Wayne Rooney used to be to the world, essentially what Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi are now. But it was hilarious. That was kind of a side note, but... You have any thoughts on him leaving, Alex? Or no, <laughs> right, Alex's right, favorite so player. We'll, all right, fair enough. And then the last player who could potentially be moving on is Morgan Schneiderlin. Hasn't been able. It's funny because Marco Silva mentioned him early on during preseason as kind of his ideal profile of a number six, and yet the confidence just seems to be completely gone from Morgan Schneiderlin's game. Anytime he gets on the field, he's afraid to play any kind of daring pass that isn't five yards, either backwards or sideways. I think he really probably wants out of the club at this point, hasn't been able to really make an impact. Christian, what are your thoughts? I know he did want to leave this past summer, and Marco Silva supposedly convinced him to stay. And I think Marco Silva was genuine when he was saying all that stuff about him, saying that he is ideal. I don't personally see it. I kind of consider Morgan Schneiderlin the same as um, Ghana. I think like they're very good defensively, but that's all they can do. They don't really offer anything going forward. Uh, they just sit back and then do a sideways pass to either wing. I don't. We're not going to get anywhere near what we paid for him. I think it was like twenty-two or twenty-five million pounds from Manchester United. I don't think we're going to get anything close to that. More likely, I do see him going out probably on loan for the remainder of the season. I don't think it's going to be permanent. I think that's basically been the issue since Marcel Brands has taken over. Nobody is wanting to buy our overpriced players that are on high wages. So for the time being, we're just going to have to loan all these players out realistically. And I think he's going to be one of them in January. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think that from what I understand, Marcel Brand's strategy moving forward is going to be signing younger players with good potential that aren't coming for ridiculous wages. If we if we look back to the summer, we signed players 25 and under, and I think that's generally going to be the strategy. And so I think that you make a good point. And as bad as this sounds, hopefully he does get moved on in January in some capacity. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. Um I know Marseille and oh Monaco. Monaco was also linked with him as well. I think Monaco might have a chance of signing him, especially with Thierry Henry now as their uh, manager. So he's going to look for reinforcements, his first uh, transfer window. And I think that I we could, I think it's very realistic that Schneiderlin can go there. 
All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Big thanks to Christian for coming on to our show today. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Toffee Targets and check out the website, which is a work in progress, but is going to only get better with time. Christian, any last words? Uh, I just want to say thank, thank you guys for having me. I have been listening to your podcast, so it's actually truly an honor to be be talking with you guys right now. It's been really fun. Um, and I look forward to possibly coming back on in the future, talking more transfers, uh, January and in the summer. This is my time. This is what I live for, the transfer window. So thank you guys for having me on. And check out toffeetargets.com. If you're interested in writing for Toffee Targets, just DM me on Twitter. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases in Everton News. And we'll see you guys next time.